Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you take Jesus out of your life, what do you have? A frustrated, empty, lonely person. Because that's what you were before you came to Christ. That's what I was too. But with him, Jesus reminded us, even in John 15, without him, we can do nothing. But with him, through obedience, we can learn to expect the unexpected. Remember, God loves humility, but he hates pride. In lots of different ways, every day, you're told to be proud of yourself, to take full credit for your success, to minimize your failures, ignore them even. You're told that you deserve whatever it is someone's trying to sell you. In all of these things, you're encouraged to rely on your own abilities and wisdom. Pastor Mark will be teaching that that's not how God wants you to live. You'll find out through a story between Jesus and some of the disciples, before they were disciples, that Jesus wants you to trust him, and that there'll be times when taking Jesus at his word will not make much sense to you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 5 as he continues his message, Fruit All Over the World. Now, whenever God begins to take us and move us into different areas in our life, that deep water is where life really happens. Too many people, you hear this toward the end, spend their whole life paddling around in shallow water. Look at verse 5. And Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night, and we haven't caught anything. So Peter starts with one very logical reason not to obey Jesus. Come on, Jesus. We went to our favorite place last night, you know, where you're supposed to fish at night, and we caught nothing. In his mind, Peter is thinking of many more excuses and reasons not to obey Jesus and take the boat out to the deep water. What were some of those things Peter's thinking? Jesus, I love your preaching, but we're fishermen. You're a religious teacher. I know more about fishing than you know. Have you ever used that excuse with Jesus? Jesus, you don't understand the details. I know more than you. Now, don't look at me like that. Yes, you have. How many of you said to Jesus, you don't understand this? You really don't understand. What are you asking? No, you don't really understand. Yeah, the all-knowing God really doesn't understand. There's something wrong with that, isn't it? That's what Peter's basically saying. 
Now, the best fishing, as you know, Peter's thinking in his mind, he isn't saying this to Jesus, the best fishing is always at night, not in the daytime. The other thing that I think Peter's probably thinking is this, look, we just spent all this time washing the nets, takes forever, now you want us to get them wet again. The Bible's filled with people who made excuses when God challenged them to go out into the deep, into places that didn't seem normal. Abraham, go to a place I'll show you. Where? Never mind, just start going. Moses, go back to Egypt, lead my people. I can't go. I have a million things. Joshua, I can't lead. I'm not a Moses. Gideon, smallest tribe, weakest guy, hiding from the enemy. David, a shepherd boy. All excuses. Remember, even Nicodemus, a religious ruler, came and he rebelled when Jesus said, Come on, get born again. What? Doesn't make any sense to me. Well, look at verse 5 again. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Underline this in your Bible. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Number two. Disciples learn to bear fruit by changing. Be teachable and flexible. Someone has said, the only people that like change are babies (laughs) who need their diaper changed. See, sometimes we just don't like change. But Peter is going to have to be flexible Because it doesn't make any sense to him. But you and I, the longer we live, we know life is short. So the Bible is filled with encouragement to be teachable and flexible, ready to change. The only one that really knows what's next in our life is God. Now, I was teaching the school of ministry, which these... Guys just finished graduating two years. Pastor Dave has led them through and other teachers through the last two years. And I challenged him with some of this teaching tonight when I was meeting with them from 4 to 5.30. You see, they don't know what's coming. They don't know where they're going to be, whether they're going to plan a church or video campus or this or that or whatever, all 19 of those guys. See, you don't know either. Peter didn't know. This would be a life-changing afternoon for Peter. He would never have guessed that. You and I never know. See, Jesus usually starts just small. Just take a little step, and then he moves on. So Peter listens to Jesus' command, and he obeys. Even though he's probably thinking, nothing is going to happen. Notice, but because you, God, Say so. I will let down the nets. Number three. Disciples bear fruit by obeying God's word. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I understand that. But where do you find God's word here? Jesus is speaking the word of God. He is the word. 
So when we read the word of God, it's God speaking to us. God, Jesus was speaking directly to Peter. And Peter says, well, because you say so, I will obey. That shows me that Peter did believe in Jesus. He doesn't have it all together. So he obeys and heads out into the deep water to put down the nets. Now, what do you think the people on the shore are saying as they watch Peter go out in the middle of the daytime to fish? Sometimes when we think of these communities, we think of hundreds of thousands of people, probably, you know, a thousand or two thousand at the most, maybe even 500 in this little fishing village. So they're watching Peter go out. Can you hear the buzz? Well, that's the same guy that came back last night. They went out in the night where you're supposed to fish and there's no fish. Peter's going out in the sun. I guess while he stood in that boat with Jesus, he got sunstroke. What is he doing? He's crazy. You see, there was a reputation about being a fisherman. These guys were well known. So here they head out. And Peter's obedience reminds us something that's very important. If you are going to try to please others instead of pleasing God, you will never go out in the deep. Here's what I want you to write. Make sure you understand this principle. We don't have to understand God to obey God. Peter doesn't understand. It doesn't make a bit of sense to him. We know through the scripture, God's ways are not our ways. So we're not talking about fishing today. I'm talking about you. We don't have to understand God to obey him. Usually, we see in the scripture, his ways are beyond our understanding. Only kind of when we look back do we go, ah, that's what really happened. Well, look at verse 6. When they went out deep, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. I want you to write this down because this is where life happens. Number four, disciples bear fruit by expecting the unexpected. You see, sometimes in our life, you've had that happen. It might even be you. Your husband's 41 and you're 40. And all of a sudden, there's a little morning sickness. And you think, I just must have ate something bad last night. And it continues for a few days and a few more days. And what are you thinking? Oh, that, 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 that can't be. I mean, our, our youngest is 17. That, that can't be. But see, when you fool around, you can expect the unexpected. (laughs) Peter isn't fooling around. He's just obeying. But what happens? I want you to remember this now. This is probably, no doubt, the greatest catch of fish they'd ever seen in their whole life. Remember that, because you're going to see what happens. When we obey God, we live life as God designed us to live. It's filled with difficulty, trouble, trials, but God's with us. 
even when we walk through a valley of the shadow of death, as those parents are doing, the Lord is with them. Same for us. But so much of the time, it's so exciting because we don't really know what's going to happen next. I always look forward to a new year, although it doesn't make any sense, really, does it? Because we take the old us into the new year. But I look forward to it because God gives me fresh vision. But see, when we begin to understand this verse, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That's the life of following Jesus. Now when Peter submitted, the reward exceeded his wildest expectation. In fact, Peter asked to ask for others to come and help. Now we see two boats overflowing the fish. Peter was learning something. If you and I obey God, it leads to an amazing life that we can't really explain. Now look at verse 5. When Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. Peter knew this remarkable catch of fish was nothing but a miracle. Peter realized that Jesus knew more about everything than he did. Jesus was all-knowing. He was all-powerful. How in the world did he command the fish to come there in the daylight? But he wasn't only that. Peter saw his holiness. And he looked at himself. And compared to Jesus' holiness, Peter's sins shouted at him. And what's the next thing he did? This is an amazing picture to me. He kneeled at the feet of Jesus. You know, sometimes we don't kneel enough. What is kneeling? It's a submission. Do you realize how holy God is? And even though we're Christians, how sinful we are? When the shepherds came to baby Jesus, what did they do? Healed and worshiped. That's what worship is about. Realizing how great God is and how much we need him. That gives us our next point. Next, number five. Disciples bear fruit by remaining humble. The longer I serve God, the more I realize how insignificant I am. Understand, if you take Jesus out of this picture, what do you have? Two boats with no fish, nothing. If you take Jesus out of your life, what do you have? A frustrated, empty, lonely person. Because that's what you were before you came to Christ. That's what I was too. But with him, Jesus reminded us, even in John 15, without him, we can do nothing. But with him. Through obedience, we can learn to expect the unexpected. Remember, God loves humility, but he hates pride. Well, look at verse 10. 
And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners in the other boat. Then Jesus said to Simon or Peter, Now don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. Here comes the transition. Jesus speaks directly to Peter and he encourages him. Peter, I love your humility, but there's no reason to fear. What I ask you to do is a picture of the lifestyle that you're going to be asked to do. I'm calling you to step out in your faith and follow me 24-7. Not as a fisherman, but as a fisher of men. You and my other disciples are going to go and fulfill the mission of why God sent me. Follow me and let's go fish for the souls of men and women. Let's go and make disciples. Look at verse 11. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. Here's number six. A little long, but I want you to write it for a reason. Disciples bear fruit by number one, influencing others, and number two, by making more disciples. You see, because of Peter's obedience, the other people on the shore and the other fishermen get to see, get to experience that miracle catch of fish. That reminds us of a very important principle. People are watching your life. They want to see if what you say is the way you live. That's why Jesus said, be light, be salt, and by your good works, make God look good. See, as Peter obeyed, it had a great influence, number one, in the crowd. Because when they brought that fish in, the people were absolutely amazed. How could that, in the, in the daytime? That's the greatest catch we've ever seen. Peter, you've been here, we've been watching you all your life. That's nothing, that's amazing. But not only that, the other disciples who just tagged along when Peter said, come on, I need help, they came out. It influenced them. See, you and me, our steps of obedience have a great influence on people. Parent, your influence in your home, well, it's without measure. I can't measure the importance of it. You know how many homes we have today with no father? Mother, be that influence. You can be it with God's strength. Those children need to see your walk with God is alive. Get out of the comfort zone and simply obey God. Now, as you understand people are watching us, disciples stimulate other people to become disciples. Let's go back quickly. Just follow me in my mind. The Great Commission. Go into all the world and what? Make, tell me, make, make disciples. Who's that for? Is it for you? Raise your hand if it's for you. Okay, so you're supposed to make disciples. You can't make a disciple unless you're already a disciple. If you're a carnal Christian, can you make a disciple? No, you cannot. 
If you're a baby Christian, can you make a disciple? No, you cannot because you don't know enough yet. It doesn't take long for that little seed to begin to grow, does it? So disciples make other disciples. Some of you, because you've obeyed God, many of you have begun tithing. And God's blessing you. What will you do with that? You've heard me give testimony. You'll tell other people. That will be an influence to them. Thousands of you are going to be in small groups, community groups, for the very first time. But as you begin to see what God's doing there, guess what you will do? You will be talking about it. See, you're a person of influence. And pretty soon, because of your obedience, your obedience is going to allow you to make other disciples. That's what happened in this situation. Peter's simple obedience, not understanding what God asked him to do, he just did it. It was the word of God. Now, look at verse 11 again. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, and they left everything and followed a church. Is that what it says? Well, let me make it right. They, they followed Calvary Chapel. They followed, say it with me, him. Being a disciple is not about a church. Being a disciple is about following Jesus. We're a disciple of not a church. You're a disciple of Jesus. They followed him. Here's number seven. Disciples... Bear fruit by following fearlessly. Peter, James, and John, what did they leave behind? Well, to start with, the biggest catch of their life. They walk off. Think about that. They just walk off. Well, they also, of course, leave behind what? Their relatives. The fishing business, the whole deal. They had already become, quote, followers, but Jesus was now calling them to a discipleship. They already knew about Jesus. They were being called to now have a different viewpoint, eternity in view. They would continue to hear from Jesus that lost people matter to me, so they need to matter to you. What do you see in verse 11? They left everything and followed him. Priority, commitment, And God first. Following Jesus will be the death of you. Following Jesus was the death of Peter and James and John. They were no longer in control. See, when you follow, you're not in control. Now, as that began to happen, did it cost them? Hello? Yeah. Was it worth it? It's going to cost you to follow Jesus. Is it worth it? Yes, it is. Pastor Mark, in today's teaching, challenged you to let go of your excuses and simply follow Jesus. He talked about the Apostle Peter and Peter's initial reluctance to follow Jesus' instructions. You heard about the miracle that happened to Peter and the other disciples. 
Pastor Mark reminded you that God wants your obedience and your trust so that He can work through you. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, we'll be wrapping up Pastor Mark's teaching, Fruit All Over the World. You'll be reminded of the remarkable result of Peter's obedience to Jesus' command, even though it made no sense from a human standpoint. You'll be told about what it'll take for you to become a more dedicated follower of Jesus how the disciples' obedience to Jesus changed their world. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.